Well, hey there. I am so glad that you've joined us on the Ditching Perfection podcast, a podcast that will help you pursue wholeness in Jesus rather than trying to have it all together. I'm your host, Carly Bartlett, and in this new series, together we'll embark on a journey to find the transformative truths hidden within the inquiries posed by Jesus himself. Along the way, I believe that we will discover answers through Jesus's questions. Welcome to Jesus Q&A. As many of you know, my family and I were in Disney World recently, which is one of our absolute favorite places on planet Earth. We love it. Uh, the rides, the characters, the food, the smells. I mean, if you didn't know this, Disney literally pumps vanilla into the air on Main Street. Everything is so magical. The fireworks, it's just the best. But this year, we were in Disney World in July, which was, I mean, a whole hot, humid situation. (laughs) So we would come back to the hotel in the evening just absolutely, you know, sticky and sweaty and the whole thing. And when we were there, it rained a lot. So one night we just came home just so, so wet from the rain and we just, it was muggy and misty and all the things. Anyway, we loved it and we felt like just really (laughs) gross by the end of the day. So as we're going to jump into a little illustration today, I want you to picture that, like picture either that kind of scenario or like the most, you know, grimy, you know, sweaty, stinky situation you've ever been in, like maybe a humid situation, or maybe it was like after, um, I don't know, whatever. I'll let you picture it. Just picture being really feeling really gross. Okay. So picture that picture, how you feel, how you felt, maybe how you smelled. (laughs) And now picture that your favorite celebrity is there to greet you at the door and wants to wash your feet. (laughs) Okay. So maybe you're thinking of Taylor Swift. Or, I mean, for me, my favorite celebrities are Jimmy Fallon. He is so funny. He's like my favorite. Or Sandra Bullock, who is like the queen of rom-coms. Love her too. So, I mean, just picture your favorite celebrity and they want to wash your feet after this whole thing. You're probably feeling really embarrassed. You know, you're feeling stinky. You don't want to meet this person and have them wash your feet. In this instance, it's like mortifying. And you would rather that you trade places with them, right? (laughs) Okay, so if you can bottle up that experience and those emotions, that may give us just a tiny sliver of an understanding of how the disciples likely felt in John chapter 13, which we'll be reading today. Now, hear me loud and clear. I am not comparing Jimmy Fallon or Taylor Swift to Jesus, okay? (laughs) There is no one, absolutely no one that compares to Jesus. But I mean, as an illustration, I just had to pick someone famous, right? Um, But anyways, okay, you know what I mean? But with all that said, let me read from John chapter 13, and then we will unpack an important question from Jesus today. John chapter 13, starting in verse one says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. 
After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You did not understand, or excuse me, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So let's unpack this particular scene for a minute. So first of all, we have to talk about historically and culturally, usually foot washing was done by a servant as soon as a visitor came to a home. So this was done before the meal because tables were lower in that day and age and people oftentimes sat on the floor. And so, you know, they didn't want for people with stinky, grimy, gritty, gross feet to come to the dinner table They wanted to have their feet clean before they went to the dinner table. But here's the very fascinating part. That Jesus, as we see in the passage, had dinner with them first because then they got up from the table and then he washed their feet. And this reversal of the norms is really significant because I believe this shows us that Jesus loved the disciples right where they were. Their stinky feet and all. He just invited them into the family table. They didn't have to clean up before they showed up. And then in this instance, this was not just any dinner that they were sitting down to with stinky feet. This was the Last Supper where Jesus was demonstrating his love for them, where he broke the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. This is the blood. The cup represents the blood that I'm going to pour out for you and the covenant that relationship that I have with you. The supper was demonstrating his future sacrifice for them. And then in the passage, it says that all of the power was put into his hands or all things. Let me read it again in verse three. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power. But when we actually look at the original language, this means the father had put all things, all power into his hands. Which is amazing because then what does Jesus do with his hands? He washed their feet. And in Jesus's humility, he loved them, like I said, right where they were. But the other part of that is he loved them too much to leave them there, right? And so he is wanting to bring this cleansing and this this servanthood and this love to them, this self-sacrificial love to them to bring transformation in their life. And Peter is like, no way, no how. (laughs) There's no way that you, Jesus, are going to wash my feet. 
And I mean, this could have been a couple of different things. We don't necessarily know, but this could have been like some shame, you know, it could have been like the feelings of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, Jesus. I don't want you to deal with my gross feet. I mean, I have felt that way before going to get a pedicure. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I mean, my feet are gross, right? Like there could have been some embarrassment there. But on the other side, maybe there was even some pride, right? Thinking, oh, all these other disciples are missing it. I'm going to be the one to get it right and say, no, Jesus, there's no way. I will wash your feet. I mean, maybe there was some of that. But Jesus's response was really persistent. And he invited Peter to have his feet washed because he said, Peter, if you want to have a part of me, then I need to wash your feet. If you want to be a part of my mission, if you want to fully experience my love, you need to let me do this. And so we see then Peter is like, okay, yes, all of me, all of me. He really did humble himself and became vulnerable. And he put himself in a position to receive. And as we think about all of this, I can't help but think about how sometimes receiving is hard, isn't it? It's hard to ask for help. It's hard to receive help. We can often be like Peter. And so when it comes to receiving from Jesus, maybe we even fall into two categories of shame, thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't want you to deal with all of the grit and grime in my life. Or maybe even for others of us, there are pride issues like, oh, no, Jesus, I think I got this. I think I can handle this. I think I can clean up this own me- my own mess. But Jesus just keeps saying, I want to help you. I want to heal you. You can't do that on your own. And really, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. And so I think what we realize from this is that having a part with Jesus begins simply with receiving from him, not achieving for him. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Having a part with Jesus begins with receiving from him and not achieving for him. And not just, this doesn't just happen in the beginning of our relationship with Jesus. This is a constant. We are constantly needing to receive from him, not achieve for him. And here's the thing. If we really want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world and partner with what the the stories of restoration that are happening around us because of the power of God, we we are invited to partner with God, but we cannot give out of emptiness. In, in our own strength, we will run dry. And that's when when giving becomes duty and obligation and drudgery and we get exhausted. But when we really humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you, I need to receive from you, then we are able to be filled up with a love and an empowerment that is unending because it is not about us. So when Jesus asks this question, do you understand what I've done for you? You know what? I don't know if they really did, (laughs) but I bet that as they look back and remember this encounter, especially, you know, in the coming days when Jesus was going to be crucified and resurrected shortly after this, as they looked back on this encounter and remembered this, I think they were able to see how this moment when Jesus washed their feet would really guide them as they lived as disciples and leaders of the church after his resurrection. 
They were to receive so that they could give. And the same goes for us. God invites us to receive so that we can give. Later on in this same chapter in John 13, Jesus says in verse 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This kind of love was the foot washing, meet you in the mess, embrace you in the gritty, grimy feet kind of love. Jesus loved us like that, continues to love us like that, and we are empowered by his spirit to love others like that. So as we sit with Jesus's question, do you understand what I have done for you? I invite you to think about this. Think about these questions. Sometimes it is easy to forget the extravagant love of Jesus. So ask Jesus today to help you understand what he has done for you. And then secondly, how does being reminded of Jesus's extravagant love move you to love others extravagantly? Let's pray. Jesus, sometimes it is so hard for us to receive help. You know, we're oftentimes um, just living with the narrative of feeling like we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and figure things out on our own, to hustle our way to making a difference. But God, would you help us learn to receive? Would you help us be able to put ourselves in the posture to rest and receive and listen? May we have open hands to receive from you all that we need. And then we can share what you've given us with others. A friend of mine years ago would say, we are invited to give out of the overflow of what God has given to us. And so I pray that you would help us with that, God. Help us not cave into shame, closing ourselves off from you or give into pride. But instead, may we receive so that we can give. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your extravagant love. Help us remember what, what you have done for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Jesus Q&A. If this podcast resonates with you and you want to continue the journey of pursuing wholeness in Jesus, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. That way you won't miss a single episode. I'd also love for you to share this podcast with your friends, family, and anyone else who may find hope from diving into the depths of Jesus's questions. I believe that the conversations we're having here matter, and we would love to have others join our community in our little corner of the internet. Well, friends, I look forward to diving into more Jesus Q&A with you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to connect on Instagram, you can find me at Carly Communicates. Talk to you soon.